It's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Because you're about to get inside trip. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, snibbity step. We are definitely back. This is the inside trip. My name is Brandon Olinger, and I'm alongside my partner in crime, Ben Watson. What up? What up? What up? God, I love your voice. You have a beautiful voice, Ben. Dude, it's like the voice of an angel. It's like Fergie and Jesus had a baby. It's, yeah, it's it's like, um, what's that movie that you just quoted? <laughs> Step Brothers. It's like Step Brothers. It's like, it's like, don't touch my drum set. I put my balls on your drum set. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> I saw that. So what's up, man? Good to be back. I think we got a lot to talk about this week. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I watched some wrestling this week, and it was awesome. In fact, you and I both watched a little bit of wrestling this week. Um, we had a nice little sesh at my house. Uh, my house got invaded by a bunch of women for a, a ladies' night. Of course, my wife plans it for the same night that um, Illinois and <laughs> Michigan and Penn State and Iowa duel. So we had to uh, um, take the upper hand <laughs> and, um, or you know, we had to basically uh, give up the living room. And, uh, you know, I, I have a small house. I live downtown. And so we decided to watch the match in my bedroom. So we got to share a queen bed together, which isn't the first time because we used to coach together. So, Dude, I wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> yes. You know what? There was enough room. Like, we weren't, like, touching tips or anything. But, I mean... You know, we were we were close, but you know, we were intimate when we were watching the duel, which I think was good. But besides the besides the times we were up, up jumping around because that duel was crazy. That it was, duel fire. was closer than the score. It was fire. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I show up to Ben's house to watch the uh, Penn State Iowa match and uh, also the Illinois and uh, Michigan match Friday night. And I peek in the door and there's like four ladies in there drinking wine and eating pizza and dancing. I'm like, no, this is not the environment to watch wrestling. What's going on? I get in no, there. No, first you ask, you go, is this really Ben Watson's house? There's no way there's women there. <laughs> Basically. So I get in, and apparently Ben and these girls, they were all getting ready. They were kind of night before pre-gaming because oh. they were going to a fitness uh, event the following day. <laughs> and, you know, let, let me just put it out there that we love wrestling. We love sports. And, you know, we like to live that fitness lifestyle. The fitness lifestyle is important. And uh, Ben takes it really serious. So, <laughs> you know, trying to get in shape, get into peak shape for the, you know, the upcoming Big Tens and uh, the NCAA wrestling tournament. Because, you know, you got to be in shape when you go out there. you got to be in drinking shape. That's about it. <laughs> Basically. Um, ben and these girls, they were going to go. They were going to see the fitness marshal the next day, Saturday. Yeah, man. The fitness marshal was in town. I don't know if. Probably, you know, we've you know we've grown a little bit of a listener base, and uh, I'm guaranteed that at least ninety percent of the people from our listener base not only have known about the fitness marshal but love them. Well, this is what I'll tell you: if you don't know who the fitness marshal is, <laughs> please YouTube some of his videos because this is <laughs> what my boy Ben was going to do. Oh, by the way, I asked Ben how it went. He said it went great, but Ben, how many men were there? There was a so there was a hundred and something people there, and there was three guys: uh, me, 
uh, an eight-year-old boy that was there with his wife and uh, an eight-year-old boy was there with his wife. Or, excuse me, his his mom and <laughs> and and a, probably like a six-year-old dude rocking a ponytail. It was like a skullet ponytail, hard wearing yoga pants. <laughs> I was the only normal with the quotes looking dude. Hey, we got to meet him afterwards. We got the meet and greet pass and the girls that are his, what they call his backup booties. Who are oh my goodness, they are booties. Um, they both hugged me and they both said, I saw you out there working it. So, you know, I work it a little bit. Did you get the fitness marshal to sign your cleavage? No, the fitness marshal is, he's a great dude, but I don't think that we, uh, neither one of us are attracted to the same, uh, sex. <laughs> Actually, he's attracted to me. I'm not quite attracted to him. He's a good looking dude though. So let's move on. But I would say if there's any wrestlers out there, any teams that are struggling, you know, trying to get into that, uh, peaking condition, yep. conditioning form, if you need somebody to help you, you know. Check out the fitness marshal. Ben speaks highly of him. They're boys. You got to. That was a good time. So anyways, yeah. So we were kind of, we were were invaded by women. So we ended up watching the duel in my bedroom. Um, You know, not as creepy as it sounds, but it was, or the Iowa, Iowa, uh, um, <laughs> Penn State, Penn State duel. duel. It was a good time, man. It sounds horrible. And I have a feeling we're going to get beat up over this. Yeah. So did you have a good week? Um, I did not. This was probably the, uh. The week from hell for me, to be truthfully honest. Um, so, What's going on? So I've got a dog. You know, I got this dog. His name's Max. He's a great dog. Dude, like um, the nicest, cutest dog of all time. He is a pit bull, or at least a pit bull mix. And, uh, you know, there's people in our neighborhood of the um, of the old age variety that seem to think he looks vicious. Trump supporters. Basically, this guy. Uh, I'm, so, I'm gonna, no, gonna no, take that back. This neighbor in question, you know, the the neighbor that I'm going to be speaking of, had a sign in his yard recently that said "deplorable." I'm proud of it. So anyway, he likes to go for walks in the morning, um, and, and we let Max out in the morning to go to the bathroom. And we don't have a fenced-in backyard, but he doesn't really run away. He he never runs away. So this guy likes to walk in the morning when it's dark out. When he walks, he's always wearing like a black hoodie with the hood up and a hat. And he looks pretty creepy anyway. Um, so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my dog, you know, he walks by, my dog, you know, runs out there and, you know, kind of barks at him and the guy flips out, calls the police. So when he was just barking at him, basically. Yeah. So the police come, they, you know, interview him. They come to us. We're like, yeah, you know, right. We get it. We're wrong. We need to have him on a leash or something. No big deal. We're sorry. So, uh, then this week, apparently the guy was walking by again. My wife let the dog out and, um, Max takes off running right away. She knew something was up. So uh, she takes off, you know, chasing after Max. And Max never left her sight. Now, keep in mind, it is still dark in the morning, but never left her sight and never left our yard. He's barking at this guy, and uh, my wife gets Max to stop. And um, the guy starts screaming at my wife, like, you need to keep that dog on a leash. And that dog, you know, is is, is a vicious dog. And uh, I'm calling the police. I'm calling, exactly. I'm calling the police. And my wife, you know, is like, I'm sorry. And by this time, you know, he's yelling at her. My dog starts barking at him again. So he leaves. We come back in the house. I know what's going on. I've already called work. And I was like, look, I'm not going to be in for a while. The police end up coming over. Long story short, by the time this dude gets home and calls the police... And the police get out there to look at him. Now all of a sudden, they've got, he's got big tears in his clothes from where like, yeah, like tears he was in his attacked. clothes and scratches on his leg, right? Exactly. Yeah. When what your wife saw that Max never left the yard exactly. and didn't jump up on the dude. Exactly. Huh, that's a little, um, little fishy to me. It was fishy to me too. I'm like, really, dude? You, you know, by this the dude's way, going all out. By the way, they described it. This guy was attacked by a grizzly bear, not a fifty pound dog. Is that the way they described it? Basically. What yes. did they say? 
um, that he said my dog attacked him, jumped up on him, and bit him, and ripped into his clothes. Oh, freaking bullshit. Oh, yeah, it's bad. So long story short, we got to go to court next week for it. They uh, they want to label him as a vicious dog, and I've got to fight that label. So, Well, you know what? If it makes you feel any better, I've hung out with Max many a times, and he's been anything but vicious. He does a lot of face licks, <laughs> but, you know, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, so. What a freaking jack, jack wagon. So it's been a great week. But anyway, enough of that. You know, let's... Uh, Let's uh, talk some wrestling. You want to talk a little bit of wrestling? Yeah. Let's I think, talk to um, some wrestling here. What a crazy week, though, for wrestling. You know, it, it seems like the last couple of weeks that there's supposed to be these typical weeks, and then all of a sudden some something crazy breaks. It's conference dual season, man. And it just, you know, all all everybody goes up in arms. Like, basically, Twitter breaks. Twitter breaks. But the thing is, I mean, there's a couple weight classes right now, and, you know, we'll, we'll, go, we'll roll through those later, but... There's a couple weight classes right now. I can't. I don't even know if I could rank. Like you and I can't agree on a ranking on a couple of different ones. We don't agree. Now, granted, you know you might have a conflict of interest or two, but um, as as do you. Yeah. But let's not get into that. Yeah. But, but we can't. <laughs> we can't freaking figure out some of these rankings. But I, I think the only logical place to start to me would be the duel between um, number two Penn State versus number three Iowa. Right. That makes sense to me. Uh, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. It was a fantastic match. Yeah, I we mean, got to watch that together. I, I don't even know where to begin with this match. Um, I mean, I think it, all the storylines that you wanted, you know, that were possible to be had, you had them in this duel, and it was just, it, it was crazy. I was, we're Ohio State Buckeyes, but we found ourselves jumping up and down during this Dude, duel. Dude, we were jumping, we were I jumping mean, up and down. My wife told me, she was like, you sounded like a bunch of schoolgirls. <laughs> she said that, and we did. We did. Granted, we were drinking some beers, but we did. You know, I mean, let's start at 125, because... I mean, that was a heck of a match even then. Um, Were you surprised by the result? I was not surprised by the result. Okay, so you got number uh, one, Thomas Gilman, fifth-year senior. Yep. Couple-time All-American. Yep, two times. Uh, yeah, made, made the finals last year, mm-hmm. lost a, a tight one to uh, Megal- Nico Megalutis. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the predecessors, Nick Siriano, undefeated so far at this point, hadn't lost a match since. You know, hadn't lost a, a match in season since God knows when. I'm not even sure he lost one in junior high. You're talking about Suriano, right? Yeah, Suriano. Yes. Yes. So, you know, match ends up 3-2, to two, but a lot of people were calling for the Suriano upset. I like Suriano. You know, obviously, you know, I'm, I have him on my fantasy team, but that's not the reason why I like him. I like him because I think he's a fantastic wrestler. I thought he had a shot, but I picked Gilman to win. I don't know. Who'd you pick to win that match? Oh, I picked Gilman to win that match. Um... I was not surprised by the result, and sure. I and I'll preface this by saying I think, in my opinion, we have the pleasure right now to be watching who I would consider probably one of the best true freshmen in a long time. Definitely one of the best true freshmen one twenty fives ever, in my opinion. Um, I'd have to check in and see. Did if, Nico redshirt? No, Nico didn't redshirt, and he made the finals because he, he redshirted later. Redshirt. He redshirted later on. Remember when the year they Ohio State Buckeyes won the title? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. But so, I mean, I still think in terms of true freshmen at the skill level that 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 they're at. Um, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think Soriano is definitely one of the best true freshmen we've gotten to see in a long time. Yeah, I, I see him. I see him on like a Nico level, which you know, which means you're, you're going to make the finals. And guess what? You might lose to an Iowa guy. Guess what? Nico did lost to an Iowa lost guy. to an Iowa guy. So, but oh, go ahead. No, but the, the result itself, I was not surprised. You know, I expected Gilman to win that match. Um, I did expect it to be a close match. I think, you know, Suriano has fantastic defense, and he's also got a fantastic gas tank. And he's so, got great offense, too. He he's really got does. pretty good offense. But I, I, 
even though he got to Gilman's legs, you know, a couple of times, I don't think he, he Gilman was ever no. in any danger at all of being taken. Right. And, and, and that shows Gilman's 100% strength, right? Suriano was deep on Gilman's legs twice for an eighth of a second. And by, by you know, normally when somebody gets deep and then it's a, it takes like a second or two to fight them off, right? Mm-hmm. Soriano was deep. I mean, he had both legs. His hips were in, mm-hmm. but it took, a, I mean, a, just a snap to get it away. So Soriano had a, a couple a couple opportunities to score, but only to the effect that he was in on both of the legs. And then Gilman got out so fast from, from any sort of danger there. He controlled the match. He scored on his only shot. Like, I, I didn't. Right. Gilman took one shot, and it was interesting. It. it was interesting. Jim Gibbons, Jim Gibbons, the BTN announcer, actually made this um, um uh, thought when he said this, he scored on a single leg to the opposite side leg that he normally scores on. So he finished on a single leg when, you know, every, like think about it, shoot a single leg to your opposite side and then you're feeling pretty funky when you got that mm-hmm. leg in there, right? Mm-hmm. And he scored on that opposite side, which shows Gilman's strength. But that also goes to, he had, a, um, Gilman had an interview afterwards and he said, you know, basically I danced with him too much. I danced with him too much. You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a part of the mat I didn't touch chasing him around. That's not the way I need to wrestle him. And then he goes, I shot once and I scored. Right. You know, and he, that's true. It's funny, you know, like, look, there's a lot of Gilman haters out there. I love Gilman. Um, I am not one of them. I absolutely love Thomas Gilman. And even as a Buckeye fan, he's one of my favorite wrestlers in, in college wrestling because I love the attitude. I love the persona. I, I tell you this all the time that college wrestling is so much better and so much more interesting when there you have a villain and and that you know you've seen that kind of hashtag villain Gilman you know yeah, that's Gilman. kind of his nickname and it I, I love it I, I don't care about the face smushing I don't care about I care the about shippiness the to me I don't care if the as long as it's not something where the refs are calling points or flagrant misconduct on yeah. you know I, I'm, I'm good with it but he and I've said this before he he is wrestling like a dude on a mission that says I will not be stopped from getting that title. He's on a mission, but I think I tell you what I think he was, he, and he he will admit this based on his interview. Yes, he wrestled timid. He did, and my because only he, concern, he gave Suriano some respect. My only concern from you know on his part from that match was, and I don't know if it was just he was so amped up, it was an, an, an adrenaline dump or whatever it was, is that towards the end of the match he was looking rather tired, and. It so, could have been. It could have been literally an adrenaline dump. Exactly. You're right. But Good if point. it wasn't, if it's one of those things where Seriano's pace is just so much better than his, it's going to be difficult to beat Seriano three times. I don't think his pace is better than his, but I think his pace is is, is very fantastic. I think I think it's elite, mm-hmm. and I think that he. I'm not going to say he's going to steal one, you know, because they're going to wrestle three times potentially. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say he's going to steal one. But I could see him stealing one. Same here. I don't know where it's going to be, and that's the greatest question, right? Because if, if Seriano loses the next two and then beats him in the finals, who gives a crap about that, right? Seriano's fine. If Seriano loses the next two, he won't see him in the finals, in my opinion, because he'll have two losses, and Josh Rodriguez will have one loss most likely. So you're looking at two and three seeds on that. I, I'm just saying, there's the possibility that it could be a Gilman Seriano semifinal. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. But I, I like I said, I have, I really have to crunch the numbers in my head mm-hmm. to see that. But, but I guess either way, what I'm trying to say is, Gilman didn't do enough that match to make me think that Siriano can't beat him. And it's funny, 
the way that match went, I don't think Gilman was ever in any real danger, even when Suriano got to his legs. Sure. So I wouldn't be surprised if Suriano gets one from him. But he's but one right slick now, duck away. You know Suriano's got those slick moves, right? He's one slick move away from getting taken down. And it's not like Gilman was getting just— Getting a takedown. Yeah, getting, getting a takedown. And it's not like Gilman was just taking him down at will. No. Nope. No, but he did. You know, like you said, the only shot he took, he scored. Sure, yeah. So he I could also he needs see, to he needs to take get on his offense yeah. more. I could see Gilman actually. So there was three to two. I could see Gilman extending it next time. Maybe do like a seven three match. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that. I might. We both are on record of picking Gilman to win it. So it's not like you know we're, we're dogging anybody here. No. But I think the Siriano is is the real deal. Oh, absolutely. And I'd love to see our Siriano dance match. Yeah. I, I really would. I, I I bet you it's going to be close if they wrestle. You think so? Yeah, I really, I really do. I really think Siriano's the second best one twenty five in the country, and that's I agree. not a, that's not a knock on any of the other guys. I mean, his just for a true freshman, his defense, his his pace, his, his you know his his demeanor, his mat awareness. I mean, everything is just. I mean, it's just so good. It's so advanced for what you would typically see. It, from a it doesn't true look too big for him, right? He went into Carver no. Hawkeye as a true freshman, having, point. having ever lost, and he he got in deep a couple times. Like I said, by deep I mean you know we don't see people get. He in got that two deep. hands on a leg. Yeah, and and like twice, you know, um, it the, just it didn't look too big for him, right? Which bodes well for him making the national finals. Um, you know, I'm gonna disagree with you. I think it's gonna end up being. Um, Nick Siriano and dance on on the other side. I think that because you know what they 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 take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. That's why Snyder with no mm-hmm. matches ends up on the other side is Gwiz. Um, well, that's different. Snyder was undefeated. What I'm saying is, yeah, if, if Siriano yeah, has more than one loss, and you've got an undefeated dance. If you've got an undefeated dance and another guy who only has one loss, I think it, it kind of takes me back to the the whole you know what was it Zane Rutherford and Logan Steber when that whole argument was being yeah. made that year um and you remember how that turned out for seeding it, it'll be a crime it'll be a crime if josh rodriguez gets a seat higher than nick seriano if seriano's only losses are to gilman it'll be a crime yeah and, and if rodriguez only losses to dance though i mean again number two guy in the country so it, it's 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 i hope for the sake well of, how would you seed it based on what you truly believe by who the rest better wrestlers yeah. are at this point in time, I would Gilman one, Dance two, Suriano three, and I only put Dance two. I I, I think Suriano wins that match, but I think Dance something to be said him, about yeah. about an undefeated guy. I think Dance can beat him. I think Dance could go with anybody he wants to it's when a, he wants to do it's, it. It's a three horse race, in this, my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, it's a three horse race, and I think it's a crime if it's not Gilman. Um, or excuse me, Suriano, um, Dance. Um, base unless at two uh, three. Yeah, unless Suriano beats Gilman at Big Tens, and then holy shit. Yeah, what happens then? Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> just, then, then we know. But anyway, so yeah, that was an that was an awesome match. I like to watch that match. Um, next up, we got uh, none other than Corey Clark and George Carpenter, and that was just kind of a. Yeah, I mean that just wash. that was what you expected yeah. to see. I mean, Carpenter That's filling in for the State. Cortez is done for the season. Carpenter's filling in. I mean, yeah, we didn't mention that on the podcast last time. Cortez is done for the season. Yeah, I just mentioned that on this podcast. No, but what I'm saying is like that. I mean, by the way, I forgot to mention this is episode number eight. I have been forgetting to mention, mention that. Yes, we are up to episode number eight in the podcast. You can tell what amateurs we are because I don't remember to say what episode. You it know is, what's so. great about that? We're episode number eight, so we're only like two away from double digits. Yeah, we're two away from ten. Can we have a ten party, like a double digit? What party? are we gonna do for the ten party? You know, maybe we'll be able to get like um, like really famous people on for like John Smith. We'll get John Smith on for our tenth. 
I, I was thinking maybe we would just wear singlets and headgear when we did the oh. podcast. <laughs> Can I wear a, a really bad polo under my singlet like the coach from Vision Quest? Yes. Okay. So not John Smith, but bad polos. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I think that was what we expected to see at 133. But 141, we had a heck of a Ooh, match. Oh, my goodness. I mean. I went back and watched this match. I have a lot to say about it. Between Goulibon and, and um, Carton. Uh, let me. And this is this is what I'll say about this match. Carton stopped. He 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 just died in that match. But that he that was because Gulaban pushed him and pushed him and pushed him those last two periods. And Gulaban has one of the best gas tanks I think of anyone. I didn't realize his gas tank was that he good. He does. The problem is is he doesn't show it a lot. And I think Kel even might have said something like that in a post match interview that you know. His his pace is phenomenal. They just need to see it more. And if they did, if they would see it more, you would see a much more consistent wrestler with better results. Not Jim, a guy who was seven and six. Jimmy, that we got fired up during that match. We got fired up during that match, and we were actually like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was rooting for Iowa to win only because I root for upsets. When there's teams that I don't have like a rooting interest for, but I love wrestling, I'm gonna root for upsets. So I was rooting for. Um, Carton to win. By the end of the match, I was actually rooting for Gillibon to win because, look, Gillibon, All American two years ago, and I just oh, here we go. I, I want him to do well. You've got such a love fest with Gillibon. I do. Okay, so he goes into this match after losing four of the last six matches. He's mm-hmm. like twelve and seven or something, and he's ranked twelfth in the country. I thought he was seven and six. Or was it seven and six? I thought they said he was seven and six. I could be wrong. No, you're right. No, I think you're right. Now he was seven and six. Ranked 12th in the country, which to me doesn't make any sense. Nope. And he, go, and he his best win, I think, was before that was Thorne, who, you know, decent win yeah. for Minnesota. But not, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, a great win. And he beats the 18th ranked Carton, who I think was ranked low at, mm-hmm. that, at that point in time. Four takedowns in the last two periods. I think it might actually have been the last one period. He looked amazing in those last two periods. He, he did. Looked, he looked like the recruit that they, rec- they recruited. He was doing... These, it was those high crotch shots. I I went back and watched. I went back and watched that match basically on slow motion, like rewinding and doing a lot of stuff. I'm not going to get too deep into the weeds here, but his setups for those high crotch shots were were they he set them up in all different ways. Yep. He, I he remember, can beat. Oh, go ahead. No, I remember watching Gulliban in high school. Okay, and of course he was this. Everybody knows this big stud in high school. Was that the Heil Gillibon match that was like insane? Or was it no? Well, that was one of the. That, I mean, that was obviously one of the matches I watched. But I remember watching some of his matches at the Ironman that year that Heil beat him. It, it might have been the year before. I think he was, was at the Ironman. Was it Heil or was it? Um, it was Heil. Tom, Tom, Nathan Tomasello. No, it was Heil. It was Dean Heil. Okay. Yeah. Um. So anyway, and, and I just remember watching this kid wrestle, and he never stopped moving. He never stopped moving forward, and he had the most active hands of any high school wrestler I've ever seen. I mean, that he had a pace. He constantly pressured forward, and he hand fought like a fifth-year senior college wrestler. Oh, my goodness. And he did. I was so impressed. And what you saw in that second half of the match against Carton was very reminiscent of the kid that I remember seeing back then. So it's just like, where is that at all the time? I think Carton is is, is underranked. I do too. And I think that's just because he doesn't have the signature wins, right? He keeps it close with Heil. Yep. Now he was Heil was you know he was Heil wasn't in danger of losing that match. The, what Gillibon did though was he did reaction setups. So there's two types of setups. 
There's moving setup, like moving the man setups and reaction setups. One, I'm going to move you. I'm going to grab your arm and I'm going to move your leg close to me and I'm going to shoot. The other one is I'm going to do something to make, make your you leg, yeah, to make your leg move closer to me. And that's what he did. Exactly. Every time yep. he would touch his touch without getting too technical, he would use his right arm, touch the other guy's arm, pound the head, and the other guy would put his leg forward thinking, oh, he's going from either leg. Nope. Mm-hmm. And he high crotched him. And to finish off on this, and I have this in my notes, if he wrestles like that four minutes of the last four minutes of that match, he can beat anybody at 141. Anybody. Yeah, because, I mean, in my opinion, Carton gave that match away. He should have won that he match. He was like 3-0 going into the second. Right. Yeah. He he had all the momentum. He or, was excuse winning. Excuse me, going in third, maybe. Yeah. He was, you know, he had all the momentum. He was winning that match, and it was basically like, okay, I'm done. I can't. I, I, I'm done. I just stopped wrestling. You don't wear him out with his um, pace, maybe. It, it could have been. Um, I, I think his takedown defense too was pretty suspect as well. Um, oh, his takedown defense was. Bad. He's pretty. Uh, he's pretty. He's kind of a funky guy. Was my impression. You know, looking to roll around a lot. And I mean, oh, long story short, I mean, Gillibon just said no. I, I, he shut it down. He continued. I mean, he, he, he just, took him down with the same shot. He took him down with four high crotches. Like, yeah, multiple times. All different setups, but four high crotches. It's a good win for him. But let's. I'm a big Gillibon fan, man. I, I tell I you what, tell. if he can, he can do some things. Okay. Can we talk about this next one? Oh my goodness! Let's I, talk about it. He's not a man. He's a mach- he's not a machine. He's a man. <laughs> this the 149 match between Zane and and Sorensen. I'm. I'll tell you right now, that was probably the best wrestling match I've seen in in, in the last five years. I'll put it up there is with, that match with the Take Daler finals. Is that match of the year for right now? For oh, this absolutely. Year? I agree. Bar none. We were saying that. Yeah, yeah, match of the year. So Bar none. I mean, it was just like, it was a slugfest. And, um, you know, it, you know it's a great match when a match goes into that many overtimes and both both wrestlers look like they can barely stand Dude, up. Dude, it seemed like, I swear to goodness, the Rocky music should have just been playing. That's what I said. Like, ah, these guys are barely standing. Like, exactly. how are these guys standing? Like, we literally looked at each other and said, he's a machine, not a man, referencing Zane Because... I think what you saw in that match, and, and, and kudos to, to Zane for pulling that match out. I sure. mean, he won that match. Sure. But I think what you have seen is a blueprint on how to beat him if he can be beat. I, I totally agree with you. I, I That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. You know, it is the match of the year so far, in my opinion. Sorsen escaped multiple times, which is what he, he hadn't done beforehand. So they wrestled twice last year, mm-hmm. and the total score combined was 14 to 1. Ten to one in the NCAA semifinals, four zero at Big Tens. Right, but the difference between last year and this year is Sorensen was able to do one thing that kept him in that match. I mean, aside from being able to take take Zane down two times, it was blocking that right boot from coming. He blocked the he blocked the right boot from coming in, and that is the key. If if Zane gets that right boot in, he's Game, gonna yeah. he's gonna ride you. And we saw that when Game he, over. he got ridden out right in the right. finals to mm-hmm. lose because the right boot came in. But if you block that right boot to come in, I think that is that's one of the keys, right? That's one of the keys, the re- one of the recipe, you know, ingredients to winning that match. Um, Sorensen escaped with ten seconds left mm-hmm. to push that to overtime. Right, that's crazy. That like, is crazy. When he got taken down, we're like, shoot, you know, Zane's gonna win this match, and he escaped off of like a little. He blocked the right side. Is that when he set out? Yeah, kind of sat out mm-hmm. and blocked the right side and get out. You know. 
when is the last time, and, and maybe it's happened and I just can't think of it, but I don't remember the last time Zayn was taken down, let alone taken down twice in a match. It's got to have been his freshman year when he, he um, I think Steve took him down a couple times. Yeah. I, I, and I'm sure he was taken down. I'm sure he's been taken down before, but I, taken down twice in a match, I just, I can't recall. That That would have had to have been his freshman year if at any time. And Well, yeah, he didn't. It didn't happen last year. No. I th- I mean, everybody has, you know has been talking about how untouchable Zayn is and how that it's just I mean, locked up. You give up. it to him. You but give it to everybody, him. Let's give him the title. But you truly did see, wait a minute, there's a path to beat this kid. He, uh, what, what was it? What I thought was interesting about the Sorensen takedowns, none of them were luck. Both of them were off his own offense. Yep. One of them was off a single leg, mm-hmm. and the other one was off a high crotch. Mm-hmm. So he took him down from both sides. Mm-hmm. And I look at that, right? Because, you know, if you're taking him down with that single leg one time, okay, he's going to learn that. But then all of a sudden you hit that high crotch. Next time they have to wrestle, he's like, okay, he can take me down from both legs. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what is that? You know, we got that match coming up in a couple weeks. Michael Jordan's about to wrestle him. Mm-hmm. You mean, well, he's going to wrestle Sorensen next week and Soren, then yeah, no, the week me, after I'm, that. I'm talking about Rutherford. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike has not been known as the best guy on bottom. Do you think? No. We, do you think? Do you think those? Do you think Jaggers and uh, Ryan are in there studying how to beat him? Well, I, I, of course. I mean, that's that's their job as coaches, and I'm sure, you know, Mike at that level, he's he's watching tape on this as well. He, it's funny. I, I think Mike is one of the 149 pounders that can take down almost anybody else in the country at 149 pounds. His offense on his feet is phenomenal. His offense on his feet is way better than Sorensen's. It, it, I, I don't think it it's is. debatable. I'm sorry. You know, I don't want. You know, if Iowa fans are out there. I'm just telling you, Micah's Jordan's offense is better than Sorensen's. And I, and I agree with that well, and that's speaking unbiasedly. Um, the key is is that he's going to have to win that match on his feet. If that match gets to the mat, well, so Martin, we are he get in out? trouble. Can I he think, get out? I think he can get out, but it's going to happen. He he, he can't. He's not going to get out once he gets broken down flat to his no. belly. No. And, and if, if there's if, a right if, boot comes if in? If that right boot is in, no. So... Micah, I think he can keep this match close. I think he he has a shot of winning that match, but he's going to have to win it on his feet. He's going to have to push the pace because Zane is definitely going to push that pace. Oh, my goodness. You know, Zane, Zane ultimately won because I think he just wore Sorensen out. True story. I, I mean, you know, you looked at him. They both looked like they wanted to fall <laughs> down at the end of the dude, match. It looked like Apollo Creed versus Rocky. I, it really did, man. It really <laughs> no did. Joke. They were just like swinging at each other at the end. But to you know, to answer your question about Mike, I, dude, he's got to be able to get out from bottom because he's gonna have to eventually go down, and that's not an easy feat against Zane. I think Sorensen showed you what you had to do, what you have to do when you're on bottom. But can somebody? You know, seeing what to do and knowing what to do is a lot different than actually executing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So we'll see. It's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match, but hey, kudos. I, honestly, I know they said that uh, in the um, press presser they said there's no moral victories, but to me, I think that Sorensen got a little bit of moral victory there. It shows that he's there. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, it, he he's closed that gap. 
or at least he did for that one match. I'll tell you, you know who really one lost? Match. One match. Who really lost here was Anthony Colica. Because if Sorensen beats Zane after Colica beats Sorensen, Anthony Colica is potentially looking at the one seed at Nationals as an oh undefeated wrestler. Oh, my goodness. And then you're putting Zane on the bottom half, maybe, I'm saying potentially. And that's that could, when. That could be a mess. And that's when <laughs> every other wrestler at one point is seed. begging to be on the they top half. They want the four seed so bad. Yes. That's, that's, that's so funny. <laughs> So, anyway, dude, how good is Nolf? Jason Nolf is, to me, the most dominant wrestler in the NCAAs right now. I I would say, besides an argument being made for Gabe Dean, yes. I mean, he... I don't think I can't even think of a way to beat him right now because he scores off his shots. He scores off your shots. He scores off you thinking about your shots. Yeah, you thought about a shot? Well, I'm already behind you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you get in deep on a shot and do a double leg? I'm just going to front flip out of this. I, I'm pretty sure when Kemmerer was dreaming, all he dreamed about was Nolf scoring shots on him. I, I, you know, for a match against one versus two, that was a very lopsided, lopsided match. Well, a, a lot of people, if you read the message, you know, you read the message boards, you go on the mat.com, you go on sure. the mat. They're saying, oh, I'm calling the upset. And people weren't calling the upset as much for Suriano over Gilman. People were calling that. But I think there was actually a poll that somebody put out on Twitter. And the biggest, the, the most the most, the most, most likely upset people voted on was Nolf over, or excuse me, was Kemmerer over Nolf. And that's silly because that's the least likely upset in my opinion. I would pick Sorensen over Rutherford, which maybe I wouldn't have at that time. We wouldn't have before that yeah, match. Yeah, but... Cameron's great, right? He's the number two ranked guy in the country. Sure. And he's got some nice wins. But Jason Nolf just, he doesn't care, right? No. He's going to go out and go wild. And if he gets taken down, no big deal to him because he's just going to get up and take the other guy down four times. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like, he is probably one of the most fun people to watch wrestle, in my opinion. He reminds um, me of David Taylor in terms of just, like, his ability to just do what he wants, right? Like, he does what he wants whenever he wants. Yeah, David Taylor was so good at making other wrestlers do what he wanted them to do. Nolf just does what he wants. Sure, it's just like, sure. good point. He, he just it's like he makes it up on the fly, and it always seems to work out for him. What's interesting, though, is um, I was listening to uh, uh, the, the podcast uh, Bonus Points with Richard Emmel, and he had, um, he had Zane Rutherford on there, and he said they practiced these random moves. Like so, it's like he's not really making them up on the fly. Is what Zane said was that these guys are actually practicing this stuff. I don't know how you practice a, a flip, a matrix flip when somebody hits you in a double, but they do that. And you know what? That's why he's so successful because he doesn't just practice. All right, let's go. All right, hit three high crotches. One of them you dump. One of them you finish. One of them you elevate. They say, okay, we're, you know, you're gonna do that stuff. All right, now we're gonna do thirty minutes of play wrestling where a guy gets in on you and you're gonna do a front freaking flip on that. I don't think, I mean, it's obvious there's not a guy at 157 that can challenge him. I'm not even sure if there's a guy at 157 that is legitimately, without a bad match on Nolf's part, within five to seven points of him. Well, you know, you bring up a great point. I'm just going to pull up the rankings real quick because I think Nolf's wrestled the top two guys so far. He's wrestled um, Kemmerer and Berger, and he um, 
didn't major Kemmerer, 9-4. to four. It was mm-hmm. close. But Kemmerer did a good job of slowing down the match. And if you watch it, Nolf would get in on some legs, and Kemmerer would just find an ankle, mm-hmm. right? You know how those you know those freaking wrestlers that we all hated to wrestle? Right. Where, they, where they just find an ankle and stalemate you. And eventually you're going to get your takedown, right, after one or two tries. And that's what Kemmerer did is he just really he chewed clock up, mm-hmm. right? So where it was 9-4, to four, a 5, um, he won by 5, but, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, in no way in my mind was could that match ever be flipped. No. And then he majored Berger, a close major, and those are the those are the contenders right now. Right. I mean, you throw in Joe Smith in there, and I mean, mm, yeah, it's, Jordan Cutler, Palacio. That okay? Palacio might be a match. I don't think we're gonna see Palacio at fifty seven. Oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't. Have said I don't. That. I mean, yeah. I think there's still no, a chance, at 60, but in my opinion, yeah. you know, there's still the chance we see him at fifty seven. But um, that's my fault. You know, I'm right sorry. now it's looking like we're gonna see him at sixty five. But even so, I mean. It, what Palacio is so great at is his uncanny ability and athleticism and making stuff on the go. Unfortunately, I think what he's good at, Nolf is just that much better at it than he is. Not, I mean, I wish I had longer arms because I would just continue to say that much better. Exactly. Because he's that much better. The The, the only other match I'm intrigued about with Nolf, and, and don't get it twisted here, Nolf's going to win this match, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going to be close, is Lavalley because Lavalley's got a great pace and he's pretty good on his feet. But even then, I, I don't think it's close. He's he Nolf has taken all comers, and he's taken all comers for the past two years. He just beat Kammerer in a match that's not going to be flipped, and he beat Tyler Berger by major, even though Berger took him down. Um, I think it says a lot. Okay, it's one thing to beat the number two ranked guy in the country nine to five, ten to five, whatever it was, but he did it. Not only did it do it, he went into Carver Hawkeye Arena. In Kimmerer's house, oh, he ain't and did it. He, ain't he, he yeah, exactly. So if you're not gonna, cl- you know, if you're not gonna have a close match with him th- there, you're not gonna have a close match with him at Big Tens or Nationals. Are we a Penn State blog or Penn State podcast? Because God, we love Penn State right now. <laughs> They're so good. Again, they just give us a lot to talk about. I no, I, I, I'll be honest. I absolutely hate Penn State. But you know what? I love to hate Penn State because yep. they are great. Exactly. You don't hate them in the fact that you like wish harm upon them. No, it's yeah. like it's like they are becoming Iowa of the old days. You know, and you need you, gotta hate you them, right? need programs like that because what it does it when Penn State what is good this point, good, man. when Penn State is this good, it forces the other schools, the other wrestling programs to keep up with them. And that's what makes this sport better because now everybody is in an arms race, pulling out everything, doing everything they can to score points, get the good guys. And you need that because if you didn't have a team like that, then it becomes stagnant. You have programs yeah. that become stagnant. Penn State's fun, they're fun to watch. You know what? I can't help but be a fan of them, and, and by that I mean like, I'm jealous. I, yeah, I don't. I'm well, envious. I, I'm, I'm. I have that. I have that on my notes to talk about later. But, um, yeah, they're awesome. So you know, nothing else really to be said about Nolf, in my opinion, besides the fact that he just does what it does. Uh, no. One sixty-five, Vincenzo Dosha beats Gunther seven to four. Vincenzo's a pretty consistent wrestler. You know, borderline AA guy. But let's talk about. Let's um, skip. Can we oh, skip 174? Good point. Let's yeah. skip 174 for Let, right now. Let's go to Bo Nickel because I guarantee we can't even talk quick enough to get it beyond the fact of how long the match went because it went 38 seconds. Can we do that? <laughs> God, I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, his dad listened to that that podcast, and you're talking crap about him. I'm but not talking. Bo Nickel's the bee's knees, dog. Dude, when I say that, that is me saying. I hate how freakishly good that guy is. 
I mean, he makes stuff up too. It's a play wrestling. He does. You know, but I actually thought I thought okay, the way Sammy Brooks has been wrestling this year. Oh, by the way, in you're case, a Brooks guy. You're a Brooks guy. In case any of our listeners, what few we have, or any wrestling fans out hey, there, we have, got some. Have been Don't living, be knocking us down. <laughs> in case you've been living in a cave um, for, for for this weekend, you didn't see the match. Uh, Bo Nickel beat Sammy Brooks. He pinned him in a splatel in like thirty eight. Thirty eight seconds. seconds. That's what seconds. it was. All right. And Remember, Sammy, we were watching that match, and I, and um, Brooks shot in. And I go, oh my god, he's about to get split. And you're like, you're sitting over there, and the, you're sitting on the other side, and you're like, no, he ain't no. gonna get split. He ain't gonna get split. Because well, what, what I'm saying is, and all of a sudden I'm like, no, he's gonna get split. And then he got split, and you're like, how in the hell did that happen? I was like, I was trying to tell you that he was gonna have it, <laughs> dude. Hey, Sammy, let go of the leg. Yeah, dude, roll to the head. But this is what I'm telling. Sammy was probably like, Brooks was probably so excited that he was in on that leg. He was like, I have a shot to take this I'm guy down. I'm not down. giving it up. And the next thing you know. Splatles are such an embarrassing position. Oh. Dude, you're on your home mat with your butthole sticking up in the air and you're shaking your legs and you can't do nothing. It ain't good. It's not like, if your good, girlfriend's man. there, like, she's got to be embarrassed about that, right? Yeah. I mean, your mama's embarrassed, your daddy's embarrassed, your girlfriend's embarrassed. Coach is embarrassed, your teammates are embarrassed. <laughs> Hell, Bo, Bo Nickel was embarrassed for, for you. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bo Nickel was embarrassed for Are you okay? <laughs> Do we, do, we, do we need to go to a sponsorship timeout? No, Bo Nickel was embarrassed for him. Bo, Bo Nickel's a freaking stud, dude. And i tell you one thing right now. That dude is going to win the national title this year. And, the funny and I picked Gabe Dean last week. The funny thing is, is I know that you truly believe that. Ben sent me a text today, and he's like, Bo Nickel's going to win the national title. And uh, I said, I'm more than happy to debate this with you. I think Bo Nickel, yeah, he's a great wrestler. He's funky. He's just good. He's just, I mean, he's definitely separated himself from everybody All else position. All position wrestling. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I still think Gabe Dean is on a whole other level right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You can't Look, agree. You, no, you Bo can't ne- agree Bo, with me. Yeah, I can't. I picked, I picked Gabe. I, I put my name on Gabe Dean last episode. Ben, in this episode, you just said that Bo Nickel's going to win a national title. All right, well, I, I, you can delete that. Um, no, Gabe Dean's going to beat him. But I tell you what. If anybody's going to beat Gabe Dean, it's going to be Bo Nickel. There's you know, nobody else that's going to be able to beat You know why Gabe Dean's going to beat him? Because he's going to let go of the leg. That's true. He he'll, he would let go of that leg that's and not true. end up in a split. He's going to give up a takedown. <laughs> like, I'm fine with that. Bo it's, Nickel's a stud, though, dude. He's so good. And he's a he's a bonus point machine. And you don't know what? He goes out there, and I, he, there was a cool interview about that, just like wrestling through all positions. You know, coaches preach it. He does it. And how about that Hulk Hogan ear he gave afterwards? Oh, yeah. You see to that? The, to, the, to the Hawkeye fans? Oh, he's quiet to that Hawkeye fans. I tell you what, Bo Nickel is also. And I and you asked me when we were talking, you go, oh, uh, uh, Thomas Gilman, he's like the only villain this year. And I was like, no, you got Bo Nickel, you got Imar. Well, I'll tell you what, Imar the villain. Did you see those tweets? We can talk about those later. But, um, but, but when I say villain, though, I mean a villain as in uh, people dislike him. Imar tweeted, I can't hear you from the bench. To Penn State's backup when Penn State's backup was talking crap about him, or no, yeah, when Penn State's backup was talking crap about crap about him when Imar beat Massa. So, anyways, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw those tweets. It was pretty sweet. So, anyways, we'll, know, get, we'll get into those later. We we'll, got, get in, we'll get into those later. We must have a different definition of villains. I mean, my my a villain to me is like who everybody just hates. Like, and he and then they don't care that they hate him. Like, it's like the Johnny Hendricks. Type. You don't think people? You don't think people are upset about Bone Bone other than me and you, no. People, People like love him. Bo Nickel. I don't like his hair so much because, Dude, he's got, because I'm bald and I want to have it. 
so much, but that's he's about got, it. He's got great hair. God damn it, he's got great hair. You think he conditions? Bo Nickel. Hey, he if you're listening, or Bo Nickel's dad, or anybody, hey, shout me out with a product you use, because I need it. You don't even have hair. I know, but I'd use it in my beard. Speaking of that, what do you think about going on with my beard right now? I mean... Beard mustache. I, I'm trying to do the little, uh, what is it called, the... What's the handlebar? I'm trying to do the little handlebar with the, with the mustache. What do you got on that? Well, I mean, you notice when you came over and you asked my daughter for a high five, she said no. Yeah. <laughs> God, <dang laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's what I think so about. So you think it. I look like a pedophile? Uh, is that what you're saying? That. You said that, not me. Is that what you're saying? No. All right, all right. So all right so I, I, listen, I, dude, let's, let's just get into it. I, let's talk 174. Oh, you just want to go 74? Well, let, let, hold on real quick. So McCutcheon, you know, he wins um, a tight one, mm. and then Neville's wins a tight one. No, so, Neville's tech fault is good. Oh, excuse me, Neville's tech fault. So final score is 26-11. Penn State kind of put it on him. He, they went in to cover Hawkeye and put it on him. They did. But yeah, I'm down to talk 174 if you're down to. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's talk 174. I mean, it happened. We've been talking about it for weeks. Boom. And it happened. And I love that it happened. And the reason why I love that it happened is because it's another storyline for college wrestling. Yeah. It is another storyline. And... and and all week long, I think I even said to you this week, like, how crazy would it be if Penn State pulls Hall's red shirt at Carver Hawkeye Arena for an Iowa duel with them? Against the returning All-American. Against the returning All-American. Yeah, dude, I think we both agreed last episode that they needed to pull Hall because anytime you have a chance to win a title, you need to. And I think one of the reasons why they might have pulled Hall was that, look, they just lost their 133-pounder, who wasn't going to score a ton of points anyways, in my opinion, Cortez. But now that now they're scoring no points. Carpenter's scoring no points. And, and you know what? I I don't, I don't even think that was the reason. I don't think they pulled that because they lost Cortez. Okay. Why, why do you think they pulled it then? And, and the reason I say that is because Cortez, is he hasn't wrestled for a while. Yeah. For a long while. And he doesn't have great wins or anything. I think it, they had been thinking about this, and ultimately I think it was Mark Hall's decision. I think it was his decision. It have to be his decision. Yeah, he said he yeah. wanted to do this, um, and so they. And if a guy wants to do it, go for it. I mean, it, and it makes sense. I don't think they did. I don't think losing Cortez caused this to happen, in my opinion, okay. because they had to have known the type of points Cortez is, was looking at scoring. I mean, let's let's be honest. They're, they're being honest with, with Two, themselves. Maybe. Yeah, a couple of points at nationals. That's not going to make or break them. Correct. But bringing in Hall now. Well, here's the thing: you have to do the property of what was what was Morelli gonna score, for, or Morelli, or maybe Rashid. I heard Rashid's kind of hurt. Morelli gonna score versus Hall. Mm-hmm. Morelli's Morelli's I think peak is a seven eight, right? Morelli's I think so. Peak I mean, is a seven eight at that weight class. Yeah, I yeah, think Hall, so. Hall's peak's a, a, a national champ. So he comes out. But, I mean, let's talk about the match first. He comes out. He, they pull him in a crazy – I mean, God, that's a situation that's just nuts to pull somebody. Why, I mean, we can debate whether or not that was the right spot, but – No, I mean, that it, it was insane. I mean, first of all – We were dancing when we dude, saw him. I mean, first of all, it's like the lights go dark. Flames are shooting up everywhere. You got a dude wearing a gorilla costume holding up a sign that says, Kale killed Harambe. <laughs> I mean – I heard he did. That's pressure. That's, that's putting some pressure on a kid. I didn't know who was coming out that tunnel. I actually thought for a second The Undertaker and Sting were going to be coming out that tunnel. For a, some sort Rick of Flair was going to wrap the match. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> like, so I mean. That was awesome. 
Dude, the Carver Hawkeye are just nuts. And can I just make a comment, please, as a as an Ohio State uh, as an Ohio State fan? Oh, I was gonna go Tom, there earlier. You go in there, Tom, Coach Ryan. You go in there now. Look, look, we want Sammy Sasso just as much as you do, but we need fire to get him. So at the next dual fire, match, bro. look. Can can we get some flames? I don't care. Can we just hold up our lighters in the air? Maybe even just turn the flashlights on our What's cell this, the phone. Can Pro we Jam do concert? something? Like, Pro Jam concert? We don't hold lighters up in the air. Did you not see the atmosphere at Carver Hawkeye Arena? That was nuts. That like was, that was nuts. I was bouncing around like I was warming up for a match. You and I, yeah, you were bouncing around in my bedroom. It was super awkward. My wife's <laughs> banging on the fucking door, like oh, freaking door, like uh, what's going on up there? <laughs> Sorry about that. But I mean, anyway. So yeah. So talk about the pressure. The situation, that moment, and ultimately, and we'll talk about the match, but in my opinion, the situation just happened to be bigger than Mark. But Hall the dude's a moment. world champ, so it's 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 not the pressure to me. It's not the pressure of the arena. It's not the pressure of many things. It's the pressure of it's it's what we call the perfect storm, right? The conglomeration of literally everything. It's, it's the hype. It's in Carver Hawkeye Arena. It's the atmosphere in there. It's your first time putting it's on maybe, a Penn I'm State It's maybe I'm not sure I'm going to get pulled or yes. am I going to get pulled, right? right? The first time put. I think they knew he was getting pulled when sure, he, when he won know, that wrestle still, Yeah, he's still, yeah. You know, it's it's the Carver Hawkeye Arena and everything going on in there. It's You're going against a returning All-American. It's, hey, I, I just was OW at the Southern Scuffle running through dudes, and I've got to show that. That now that they've the pulled that now that they've pulled my red shirt, I've got to show that it was the right thing. You know what I've heard, and I've thought about that too. It's almost like more pressure for him than needs to be, right? Like, who cares if you lose or not? But he's all—he's almost like they pulled me because they need me to win a national title to win a national title as a team, and I've got to go out there and show them that I can do that. And really, he didn't need to do that. He just needed to go out and wrestle, which he did, but he did not wrestle his best match at no, all. I, at all. So he didn't wrestle his best match, but look, Mark Hall scored. He, he took he took Meyer down. Meyer didn't take a single shot. All of his no, shots. No, he took him down on a high crotch. Meyer did. I thought. I, 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 I thought I re, the only. I thought the I only time he scored. No, okay. he scored twice. I rewatched it today. He took him down on a high crotch. So so Meyer finally took his first shot in three seasons. <laughs> um, against Mark Hall was he able did to take him down. Him down. On a high crotch. Um, but other than that, he scored off a of Hall shots. I think it came down to you know Mark Hall. Bad match management, not understanding the situations you were in, um, and then obviously not getting. He might have gassed a little too, to. and it wasn't. And let me tell you, when I say he gassed a little bit, it has nothing to do with his lungs and his ability to no. go. It has to do with the situation, right? Ang- anxiety, anxiety, adrenaline yeah, dump, adrenaline, adrenaline dump. Make it goes. Look, I'm not reading anything into this match. No, anything into this match. But um, you know, I think the Carver effect happened, right? Carver effect happened. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. And let me just. You know, I want to read something here that that one of our friends will you, sent us. We read me a sonnet. Uh, no, not a sonnet. Give me a second here. Man, do I just got to talk here? Okay, no, Brandon's reading something. Just talk. Hold yada, on. Yada yada yada. Go Bucks. Okay, so uh, I assume this is true because the guy that sent it sent it to us is just a wrestling historian nerd. You? This is what what Frank sent us. So we're in a group text with a bunch of guys oh, who all yeah. love wrestling. Frank Baxter, basically, kind of. Brandon and I's wrestling idol, like he, he's just our coach. I mean, I don't know. I, I consider, anyway, I consider him wrestling idol. You know, after the match, people are all talking about, oh, you know, why'd they pull his red shirt? Blah blah blah. Mistake this, mistake Those that. Those idiots. And, and what he said was, and I'm going to assume this was is true. 
that Lincoln McElravey lost his first bout in college at Carver Hawkeye Arena against Paul Andriotti of Northwestern. Then McElravey proceeded to win the title that year. And when I read this, the first thing that came to my head was, who the hell's Paul Andriotti? I don't know who Paul Andriotti is. I think he's an All-American, right? I don't know. I think he was like a one-time All-American. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I do know. I know who Lincoln McElravey is. And look at the career he went on to have. He was pretty good. He was like a one-time All-American, right? I'm going to punch you. That's a bad joke. Bad so, so, joke. So anyway, you know, and there was also some tweets flying around Twitter too. And um, Did you see the tweets by oh, by Mark, the unfortunate tweets by Mark Hall's roommate? No. Oh, they were bad, dude. You didn't see it? So after, all right, do you want to get into it for a little bit? Just Yeah, give me a second here. So yeah, just to finish this one thought. I'm sorry. Um, you know, people were kind of tweeting around like, you know, why did, why did Kel pull the red shirt? I don't understand this. And, and one of my favorite tweets was from Christian Piles of Flow Wrestling. And he said, he, he kind of tweeted back at somebody who said, I don't understand why they pulled his red shirt. <laughs> and he said, will. I think you will come March 18th. Yep. And I think that's the truth. I think Mark Hall's ceiling is so high at 174, but, I do, but we know where his floor is right now. All right, he, He's got to work on some things, but his sure. ceiling is so high. There's not a guy he can't beat the at that weight class. The interesting thing, though, there was that he didn't get beat on the mat. He didn't get beat on the mat like a, a Brucky. Mm-hmm. You know, he got beat. So, you know, afterwards, I, I'd just like to share with you, because I do Talk think... Talk to me about these tweets. Yeah, and, and it's not that I, Imar's a bad guy. So Imar tweets afterwards, he goes, I've always said it, college wrestling is a different game. Right? And... Um, it's true. And Luke Gardner, who is uh, the backup for backup 149-pounder for uh, Penn State, tweeted, Mark would beat you... Um, I'm going to say the word wussy, but change W with a P on that. And that's what he tweeted. And then um, Imar tweeted, I can't hear you from the bench, boy. (laughs) 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 That's hilarious. And then Burger John joins in. And then Burger joins in with a bunch of smiley, like crying faces. And then Luke Gardner just goes, yo, Burger, hashtag Nolf. Like this, you got this dude. Who's just a backup to Mark, or you know, Mark Hall's roommate tweeting that stuff? That's ridiculous. All that's I why could, I like Imar saying that. I can't hear you from the bench, boy. All I could think of that's when villain, you're telling baby. me this is, well, I know who Imar is. I know who Berger is. I know who Nolf is. Who in the hell is Luke Gardner? You know what? He's three and four on a red shirt season. <laughs> Guess what? You know what I was? I was eight and six my red shirt year. So basically, I was a better wrestler than that dude. <laughs> what? What an idiot. I love that he was like, Imar goes, I can't hear you from the bench. Boy. 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 Like, boy. But anyways, so that's what I'm saying. Imar's a little bit of a villain. I like Imar. See, your definition of villain's different. I know, I know. People love Imar. But you know what? Mark Hall is the man, dude. Are you kidding me? Okay, he loses the match to a returning All-American in a terribly hostile environment. If, and then people are tweeting, "You shouldn't have pulled his red shirt, dude." Did you not hear me say? Man. Did you not hear me say there was a dude dressed up as a gorilla wearing a sign <laughs> that said "Kale killed Harambe"? <laughs> I mean, you can't put that kind well, of pe- that kid under that kind of pressure well, thinking pe- his coach killed Harambe. The funniest thing is people that are listening. Okay, so anybody that's listening from outside of Ohio knows that we—that's our zoo. That's our zoo. Dude, everybody knows We're, who Harambe Haram- is. Well, Harambe was Cincinnati our, Zoo. Yeah. Dude, we have a dude listening from Ireland, by the way. I want to bring this up right now. I'm sorry if we're going quick. Okay, Ireland, Mr. Ireland, you've listened to every one of our episodes. I don't know who you are, but please tweet us or email us because we want to have you on the show because you're the man. I think it's Conor McGregor. 
Do you think it is? No. It's somebody. No. You are Irish. It could be you. Shut up. Somehow you got but let's get, let's, let's get back on. Mr. Ireland, tweet us. Let's get back on. You don't want to hear from Mr. Ireland? I do. I do. I do. All right. Let me ask you this, Ben. Where do you put Mark Hall in the mix of things Ooh, right now? I'm glad you asked let's me. Let's go seating one not seating. I'm no, sorry. ranking. Ranking 174 after after the three undefeateds, two of which seem to wrestle a lot, one doesn't. Um, where are you putting Mark well, Hall? Let me give you let me give you a little bit of a um like can I give you four lines and then give my rankings? Dude, you can give me as much so as four you four lines. Want. Hall loses to Meyer. Meyer had just lost four of his last six. Mm-hmm. Priest gets pinned by Robuto when the match was tied four to four. So it looks bad, but honestly, it's more of a toss up than you think it no, is. No, it's a pen. I know. But Priest did beat Kent nine to one yeah. this weekend. Yeah, no, but, but and I I get that it's a pen. I get that it's a pen. I'm just ruffling your and, feathers. And, I, and uh, Bojo, lack of competition. Zahid needs riding time to beat Ramos. So here's where I'm going. Rankings. Bojo number one. Epperly number two. Zahid number three. Rebel, Rebel, uh, excuse me. Rebuto number four. That's all scratched from Intermat. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going Hall. Preach. Mm-hmm. And then I go... Then it's kind of a mess. Does Meyer jump Brunson, Lujan, Kent, Spoon, and Amin just because of the Hall match? And I say no. He's lost nine to seven to Spoon. He's lost nine to five to uh, um, Brunson, and he's lost to Amin. So after that, I think you, you go chalk again. I think that I think that honestly, I don't see Meyer jumping. I see Meyer jumping maybe one or two people, but I I slide Hall in at five. And Below know, Robito. I'm not sure you do that, to be truthfully honest. And this is and this is why I'll say that. I, I, think, there's, I think there's an argument that can, to be made that that can happen. But Hall's got two losses this year. He, he's lost to Brucky. But look right? at his wins. I, I, I get it. I get it. He's lost to Brucky, and he lost to Meyer. And he, beat, and he did, you know, he won the scuffle. He beat, beat Crutch, Crutch, Preach, Kent, yes. and finished ahead of Ramos. Let, I'm sorry to interrupt just you there, let but me, I just want to make sure. I understand all that. You go ahead. He did beat Preach. He hit Preach with a Hail Mary cement job when he was down. All right, to win that match at the end of the match. Not not taking anything away from it. Great win. I think, yes. I thought a win was a win. A win is a win. You're right. A win is a win. You know, an argument can be made that you can throw Hall in there at number five. What I have a hard time doing is throwing Hall in there at number five right now when his first match as an attached wrestler was a loss against the guy who was ranked, what, 13th, 14th? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. The next person below Hall mm-hmm. is Preach. Mm-hmm. Hall beat Preach. Yeah, I, I mean, Hall beat him. This is what I'll say. This is the only thing I can say. I'm glad I'm not the one that has to do those oh, damn rankings. All right, I'm going to give it to you right now real quick, if you don't give mind. Give me what? I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you the rankings right now. Oh, okay, quick. good. I was a little concerned. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the business if you don't mind. I mean, I think I think it'd be fun to talk about this real quick. Okay, so like I said, I had chalk up top. I got mm-hmm. Bo Jordan is number one. Zach Epperly is number two. Zahid is three. Robito is four. Then I'm gonna drop in uh, Hall at five. And let me tell you why. Because Crushmer is currently five. <laughs> Intermat. Does that make sense? Yeah, I just don't agree with Bobby at number one. Oh, no, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't want to argue that. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to argue that. I don't want to argue that. I'm kidding. So we we drop in Hall at five, Crutchmore drops to six, Priest drops to seven, Ramos drops to eight, Miles Amin drops to nine, 
Leland Weatherspoon drops a 10. And then I go Alex Meyer over Kent for 11. And I drop Kent, Lujan, Brunson after that. Even though Alex... I don't know if I can do that because Alex Meyer lost to Brunson. And Spoon. It's a mess. I think it's it's a mess. And I don't even... I. We could probably sit here and talk about how to rank 174 for, for, for an hour and still be confused by the time we're done. Christian Piles, uh, whoever does it for Man or Matt and the open mat, figure it out for me. Please. I'm curious to see. I am curious to see where they're going to slide Mark Holland. I will say. Maybe Kent jumps Lujan. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be real hard to jump Lujan after getting beat 9-1 to this weekend by Parish, which is what happened to Kent. But Lujan just lost a spoon. He lost a. Cl- You're right. He lost a close one to Spoon. I mean, it's it, it's a mess. It's a freaking mess, it is dude. A, it is a mess. You know, on top of that, you you got you know three guys who were undefeated. Uh, you know, Bo Jordan hasn't wrestled in a few weeks. He didn't wrestle again today. So I mean, I, I don't know what to do with it. But thankfully, we're not the ones doing it. On Tuesday morning, I'm gonna wake up. I'm gonna come out in the morning, drink my coffee, and I'm gonna look at rankings. So it's my it's my favorite thing to it'll do. It'll be interesting to see. The last thing I guess I want to ask you on this topic of 174 with Mark Hall's redshirt being pulled now is where do you see him come March? I, my opinion, and I, let me just give you my opinion real quick, and then I, I, I really want to hear what you have to say, Ben. Uh, I'm not concerned with this match against Meyer no, not at, all. at Carver not at all. Hawkeye Arena. I, I think Mark Hall, you know, I would put him as a title contender. I think he's going to have to work some things out. I think obviously he's going to have to get better on the mat a little bit. As far as his, you know, uh, you know, when he's on bottom, but he has the ability and talent to be anyone at that weight class, and I think come March, you're not gonna want to see him. He gives you an ex- He gives you a significant amount more of a points for Penn State than um, than Morelli or Rashid. I see him as anywhere from. Don't say one to eight. Give me, give me a legitimate. No, I'm going. I'm going to. I, I see him. <laughs> I was going to say one to eight. I know you would. I, I, I see him anywhere one to four. One to four. One to four. And you know what? That you know what? That brings up something that I want to talk about. I'm sorry, Brandon. I didn't, nope. I didn't tell you about that. Okay, so now it's Penn State. We, we chatted and we said this, so I think we need to address this, that if they pulled Mark Hall's red shirt, they were in the driver's seat, more than in the driver's seat, to win the national title. Mm-hmm. Do you still think that's the case now that we don't think he's like you know an automatic champ? I think this definitely puts Mark Hall in the driver. I'm sorry, Penn State yeah. in the driver's seat to win the national championship. And let me just go. I'm going to put a plug in for this guy. You know, one one of my favorite guys that we follow and who follows oh, us on goodness, Twitter yeah. is uh, is JP Pearson. Uh, follow him on Twitter at JP Pearson. This dude read his articles. He, he good dude loves to talk wrestling. He just wrote a fantastic, phenomenal write up. I mean, just I mean he he. This thing must have taken a What he did. As far as with statistics, it was like watching Goodwill Hunting. I mean, it was Will <laughs> Hunting solving that. advanced. Uh, I think I said a uh, beautiful mind. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he wrote an article that uh, once again uh, the guys from Blood Round and their website were so you know so gracious to be you know allowing other people to contribute to their website. Dude, those and, and dudes are awesome. There. They They're just, fantastic. They, they just want to grow wrestling, and that's just I, I can't I, I can get down with that any day of the week. 
you know, and I want to I want to finish talking about this. But I will say one of my favorite things about this whole podcast is not not just sitting here getting to talk about wrestling, but it's all the different people that we've gotten to meet because of this. Literally in and, seven weeks, and, and you know all the relationships that we are building because of this. We're meeting some fantastic people in the wrestling community, and I love it. But anyway, you know JP he writes this article, uh, and, and it's about Penn State. He's a Penn State guy, and it it really gets uh, it really oh, no, he goes hard into the statistics. And after reading that article, and this is was was pre Mark Hall shirt getting pulled, I read that article and I was like, "Wow." As a Buckeye fan, I'm I'm kind of depressed because yeah, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling so good because Penn State's going to win this national title. So now that Mark Hall shirt is pulled, yeah, I think it does put them in the driver's seat. Now I think a team like Okie State and their depth That's can definitely can definitely you know, make it interesting. And don't get me wrong. I think Ohio state still has a chance to make things interesting. I've said before that their, their margin of error is razor thin, but you think I was out of it now that they lost though. Cause I think they do. I think they are out of, I, out of the team title team race. I, yeah. I think, you know, Iowa, in my opinion, their chances of, of winning the title, much like Ohio state, the error for you know the margin for error is razor thin. But after everything Stoll, has to break their way, and then now that they've lost Stoll, who was I, legitimate All American candidate, uh, I, I you know they're going to be fighting for a trophy. Yeah, I think I think a trophy's for them. You know what's interesting though is Intermat has nine. Oh, Intermat has Oklahoma State um, uh, ranked for nine All Americans. The only All American they don't have is Piccinini, who I think's overrated. He's ranked eleventh. I think he's underranked. Uh, his best win is Barlow McGee, mm-hmm. and he he's got pinned by Noah Bauman. Lost to Townsville. I I, I don't I, I don't see eh, him getting on the point. I don't see him getting on the podium. I'm you, sorry. He does his best win is literally Barlow McGee, and then he beat Moody from uh, uh, was it Virginia, uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Sorry, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. are his two best wins. Yeah, I think he probably doesn't have the the resume at this point to say. You're right. You make great points. I I will say this, and we've talked about but this that's before. Still not all After the top three or four guys at one at one twenty five, it's a crapshoot. After that, roll and the it's dice, gonna, and it's going to be a roll of the dice. How does the bracket break out? And he definitely has the potential to be an all American. Sure, but if you get sure. nine all Americans, you get ten all Americans. You're pushing for that. For well, that's all. That's all. That's all of Minnesota, right? Yeah. You know, Minnesota. Everybody knows they won the title back in two thousand one with no champs, nobody in the finals. Yep, and they won but with ten All Americans here. It's kind of like a hybrid of that because I think they're going to get at least one finalist in Ohio potentially, and then Cade Brock. You know, he has the ability to get another finalist. Now he lost to Seth Gross today, so that you know that's going to make it a little more interesting. But Oklahoma State definitely has the ability to run with Penn State, but they do. But Penn State is a favorite, even even with their gaping hole at 33. I mean, that's a gaping hole. And their maybe hole at 141. Other than that, now that they pulled that, I don't see any other. Well, McCutcheon maybe. But other than that, I don't see any holes. Yeah, and I'm not even sure, you know, how much of a hole McCutcheon is just because of that, the way that weight class is. And that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. maybe a hole is what I said. Like, you know. He's a guy that can literally, he can be an All-American at that weight class. I I don't see him. It's not a given. I don't see him in the top six, top five, but. You know, he he could get in there for five, six, seven, eight, maybe. I yeah. don't know. Who knows? Hey, so, all right, so we talked about Isaiah Martinez a lot throughout this uh, Penn State conversation. Um, one of the other marquee matches this weekend, 
was? Oh, Isaiah Martinez versus uh, Logan Massa. Yeah. Uh, number, number one, one number two. two. Mm-hmm. You got another upperclassman versus another freshman. Yep. Um, in my opinion, uh, this this freshman, you know, unlike Kimmer, he did a better job at keeping the match close. At the I same mean, obviously, time. Martin- oh, go no, you, go ahead. Make your point there. No, I was just going to say at the same time, I didn't see anything in that match that made me believe that Massa could beat Martinez. And I'm sorry. Yeah, go mm-hmm. ahead, man. You know, it's funny. I. That's not the point I thought you were going to make, and I'm I actually kind of disagree with you there. Yeah, I, like I, I think you know what I was what I was thinking was is that so so Imar and Massa wrestle in this match. It's a three to one match, um, a three to one match that even though it was three to one, it was still Imar pretty much controlled that match. Now, what I will say though is that stylistically, Imar I'm sorry, Massa is not a great matchup for Imar and that's what's that's going to point, allow him Brandon. to keep that close. When is the last time that we saw Imar in a two point match? When when's the last time that we saw Imar only score one takedown in a match? Do you think that he respected Massa too much? I think he did. I think he did. You think so? I think that he respected Massa a little too much, went out there a little bit timid, um got the job done. To me, Imar didn't look timid. I think Massa took the majority of the shots in that match even though he was never close to taking him down, but if Massa can figure out a way, look, okay, so Imar's the guy that wants to, he wants to wrestle from tie-ups. He wants to wrestle from the underhooks. He wants to tie up with you. He wants to, I mean, he wants to brawl with you. Massa wants to wrestle with you in, you know, in space. If Massa, if Logan Massa can find a way to, to wrestle in space and then close that distance to get to his shots, I think he's got a shot at taking Imar down and, and, and changing that match. The problem was in this match is he was taking those shots from open space, but he wasn't closing the distance at all, so he was never really getting near Imar's legs. He, he, and, and I think if you, we both watched that, and I think we both said that, that you know, Massa took, it wasn't that Massa didn't take any shots. Massa took, a, Massa took more shots than Imar. But, That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but none of them were. Cl- you can't even say not not even one of them was close to taking Neymar down. Not at all. No, but his style, I think, is completely it. it can, you know, it contrasts Imar's style, which to me tells me that there is a chance. There is a chance, a small chance, albeit. I mean, Imar is amazing. We're, we're getting. I don't think people realize what we're getting to witness right now. We're witnessing one of the greatest college wrestlers of all time. Watch, yeah. Th- and God, Brandon, you make up a great point. Guys, we live too much in the past and in the future instead of, oh, who's going to wrestle next week? Who's going to wrestle next week? Every time I get a chance to watch Kyle Snyder wrestle, whether it's against a guy from Maryland or whatever, watch that match. You know, we went to the duel the other day, and we had to watch Snyder wrestle a backup from Illinois. We didn't leave because watch those guys wrestle because we get to watch those guys live. and We, we get to watch amazing wrestlers live. Every time you have a chance to watch Imar, because I tell you what, he's going to win world medals, watch him live. I mean, we're watching a guy who's on pace to be, what, the fifth four-time national champion ever. And on top of that, he's got one loss in two years, which he avenged twice. Yes. Oh, his one loss? He's a bad gas tank away. He was a bad gas tank, maybe a bad weight cut away from being undefeated still, in my opinion. Uh, absolutely. And to your point, you know, man, I don't want to get too deep on people or anything, but look, wrestling's not perfect. This sport is not perfect. We complain about rules, the stalling, the international weights, I mean, the subjectivity, the refereeing, everything. But people, wake up, man. Open up your eyes and and really 
pay attention to what you're witnessing because we are witnessing some of the greatest wrestling that we've ever got to see at this level. We've got guys in college winning world medals. I mean, you've got oh my god, we're we're looking at heavyweights who are wrestling like you know 149 pounders. Oh my god, we have, we have a lot of our guys, a lot of our guys that are competing for uh, titles in in college are winning junior world medals. Exactly, you know they're competing on the international level. You know how many junior world med- medals has Mark Hall won? I think he's was, he, uh, was it two two, and he he won a cadet, then he didn't win one, and then he won a junior world champ. So he's won two junior or he's won a cadet world. And a junior or cadet world and a junior world champ. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time, you know, as a Buckeye homer, is Logan Steber. Logan Steber never won a junior world medal. Now, I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, never, he oh, never title. took a title. title. Yeah, he, you won know, a he got a silver. silver. Yeah, he got a silver. But uh, I was about to come across the table, bro. Yeah, Mark Hall was a world champ. You know, I sure. mean, you, I just I'm amazed sometimes. Like I'll I'll flip through Twitter and it's like people bitching about this or bitching about that, and it's like. Dude, you guys got to wake up. You got to slow down. Open your eyes and realize what you're witnessing. If you ever have a chance to watch Jason Nolf, um, Rutherford, Imar, Snyder, Gilman, these guys wrestle. Watch them wrestle because they are amazing wrestlers. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pumped about it, but. We got off. We got a little off track there, no, but listen. I, so, Brandon, I agree with you. Going back to the Imar Massa thing, you know, Imar is clearly the top dog, but the way Massa wrestles, and and I like, I really like Massa, and one of the reasons is, is, look, Ben, you do a great job when we're watching wrestling. You do a great job. You really hone in on the technique. You understand what's going on. You can break down positions unlike I, I will ever be able to do. But what I really watch for is the the composure of, of wrestlers and matches their demeanor sure. how they're responding to certain situations and that's one of the things that really impresses me about logan massa is no matter the situation of a match he never looks flustered he never looks you know out of it he it's never, never too big for it's him never right? too big for him and with with that and with his style there is a sliver of a chance that he could get to imar and they're going to see each other he again can, look he can beat Imar. He can beat Imar, but nothing in that match showed me that he can. I don't. I'm not saying that he can't beat him, but nothing in that match showed me that he, that, that he's got the skill set to do it. And then I know that sounds weird to say, mm-hmm. but you know, he just he didn't come close to Imar's legs. Imar's got great defense, but at the same time, three to two match. You're telling me you're telling me that. Three to that one. Can, yeah, three to one. You tell me that can't be flipped. That can be flipped. That can definitely be flipped. I was impressed that he was able to keep Imar from to only taking him down one time. Kept him at bay. He did. He kept him he at did. bay. And any time that you can keep it to a, a a one or two point match, that means you have a chance to win that match. You know what? And there was another great match um, that we we got the uh, um, the treat to looking at, and that was uh, Michik versus Richards. You know, I'd like to hear about that. Dude, I mean, I don't. I was surprised. I mean, I, I was surprised because... We both picked Michik, didn't we? Yeah, I thought Michik was going to win that match, especially the way that, you know, he's had two close losses this year. Okay, look, no, he lost earlier in the season to an Ohio State backup. He got submit mixered. You know, it yeah, was, you it was take that off. I mean, you take that off. Yeah. Um, it, it's a bad loss. It's going to stick with him. But when looking past that, he's got two close losses this year to Corey Clark and to Nathan Tomasello. And, you know, he just went out and he manhandled Eric Montoya, who's been having a fantastic year. Took him down a number of times. Yeah, I think he took him down five times in that match um, against Montoya. So I was thinking that Michich was was going to win this match against Richards. And he went out, got the first takedown, looked good. But then after that, Zane just 
he big brothered him. I, you know what? I think that he bullied him. The, the thing that I saw about it, well, I think that Zane got in on some great shots. Mitrich's shot defense looks really bad. It really did. It, it, Richard would get would get to the leg and immediately get it up, mm-hmm. and Mitrich he would have a wizard in, and then he would just give the wizard up, right? He would give the wizard up to go grab his head yeah. or something. Meech just loves to roll around on the mat. He likes to get a little funky in certain so situations. So get his leg up in the air. Yeah. But to your point, like, after Meech got that first takedown, I mean, Rutherford was basically like, look, all right, you got a great shot. You just took me down. So now I'm going to take shots before you even have a chance to take a shot, and I'm going to score my takedowns. And that's what happened. He scored on a majority of his shots. And and that makes me, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going too much into you know the Buckeyes, but that makes me think that I think NATO is going to beat Mijic even worse next time, to be I, honest with you, just based on that I, match in a, in a vacuum. Dude, I, I mean, as a Buckeye fan, I think Tomasella right now is in the process of really separating himself from everybody else. You know, but speaking of 133, I mean, God, we talk about 174 being mess. crazy. We talk about 184 being crazy. 133, all right, so... Well, after Gross lost to Brock today, that makes it freaking... No, Bro- Bro- Brock or, lost to Gross, Brock lost today. Gross. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, so now you've got... You got Clark losing to Brock. Try to rank Brock that. losing to Gross. Gross losing to Montoya. Montoya losing to Michich. Richards Michich, losing to Montoya, but beating Michich. And, and, and Michich losing to Richards. I mean, it's insane. So right now, all right. I can't Tomasello is a clear cut number one. He's the only undefeated person in that weight class. But you have what? Brock, Gross, and Montoya all with one loss. Yeah. Who's number two? I I say Gross. His only loss is to um, Montoya. Montoya, but Montoya had another bad loss, and Gross just beat the number two, Cade Brock. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, we're, that's way too much time. That we it don't is. Have. It is. We don't have way too much time. That we don't have to have. But all I know is that for seeding purposes, it's going to be interesting. But no, Thomas Hill is the clear cut number one. Dare I say it? What? Yeah, say it. Can I say it? Say it. I don't know what you're going to say. One thirty-three is going to be a delight. Oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be, be a, a freaking treat. treat. It's gonna be a treat, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be a Big Ten treat. Yeah, how many guys? In we the just top got our Big Ten what tickets, bro. <laughs> what is there? Five guys from the Big Ten at, in the top ten at one thirty. Uh, I'll do you right now. I'll do you one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five. Five, five guys. No, oh, five in the top six. Yeah, five in the top ten. Okay, five in the top six. So there's five out of the top six guys at 133 are from the Big Ten. How can that be? With, with, and that's with, with Seth Gross. That last be Seth Brock Gross. and Gross. That's with Seth Gross being at seven. Okay, so Gross is at seven. But, gotcha. I mean, that's going to change. I mean, pandemonium, man. You pumped for Big Ten? Pandemonium. Tens? I am pumped. We got good pumped. tickets. We're I'm in the Ohio section. Hey, everybody, anybody listening to this, let, let's all, let's let's do it big. Come on. Hey, if you guys are going to Big Tens, find us, man. Let's have some beers. Let's talk wrestling. Yeah, email us. Email us on the Gmail. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so, I mean, we you know, we know what it is there. So, I, I guess the last thing, let's go ahead and talk about it real quick. Um, OSU Maryland? Yeah, so Ohio State went out to Maryland. Um, they actually scheduled this duel. It's a Maryland home match. They, they scheduled it. it at, Ohio uh, State home match. This was an Ohio State home match? Yep. yep. Was it really? Yeah, but they scheduled it at Good Council. Okay, so Ohio State, it was technically a home match for them, but they scheduled it at Kyle Snyder's old high the, school. That's what the Seton Hall Pirate said. Okay, very, very cool. I mean, that Tom Ryan does cool stuff like that, and I, I, I really appreciate that He always, that at least him. once a year, tries Absolutely. to get a dual meet at a senior's high school from, it, on their team. Right? Snyder's not a senior. Okay, you're not okay. Yeah, I'm sorry, but a a, a good guy on a team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how great is it to be able to say, you know, go watch some, you know, a guy you went to high school with, who's now a world champ, Olympic champ, 
NCAA champ, Big, Big Ten, Ten champ. champ. <laughs> you know, get that, go go back to your old stomping grounds and watching. But Ohio State went out there to Maryland. Ohio State won the duel handily. I think of matches wrestled, uh, Maryland only won one match, and that was at 149 pounds, which just happened to be against Ohio State's backup. Um, I guess the real story. What do you think in this, about that? Well, that's what I was gonna say. The real story in this Ben is a. Uh, you know who didn't wrestle for Ohio State? So let's let's just go down the so list. Yeah, J. Rod didn't wrestle at, at 125. 125. Micah didn't wrestle at 49, and Bojo didn't wrestle at 74. Okay. Now J. Rod, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Do we? You know, does J. Rod deserve some time off? Right. Yeah. He's been a look. He's been in a funk lately, and well, he's pulling a ton of weight, and he's got he, a it's the meniscus cut. tear. It's it, ultimately it's the weight cut. You don't think it's the meniscus tear? That, well, I now I'm saying I heard meniscus tear only on a message board, yeah, so I'm I don't, sorry. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But we know his leg's been taped up. Right. His leg's been taped up all year, but let, let's just be real, man. It's the weight cut because he's a, he's a huge 125-pounder, and obviously you can tell from how he's been wrestling the last few weeks to how he was back in early December is not the same. Um, look, I'll be the first one to 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 t- to say my criticism of the fact that Ohio State always has guys out, but I get that one. Give the boy a break from having to make weight. We said that last week. I agree, folks. Especially because Wholeheartedly. next week they got a big one next week. Uh, next two and and Micah, I get the sitting. I think people will be kind of concerned because he sits against the only ranked wrestler from Maryland, uh, Alfred Bannister. Mm-hmm. But it, it has nothing to do with seating. Protecting no, seat no, of course not. One. I think Michael people Jordan know how good him. he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think you know what you give him a break because guess what? He has to wrestle uh, uh, Sorensen and Rutherford. Those are his next two matches, and yeah. those both of those matches are huge matches. Mm-hmm. And then Bojo, I guess he's just not up to help. But I'll tell you one thing though: if Ohio State wants to win a title, Bojo's got to wrestle. He's got to wrestle. He has to. And he's going to end up. I'm not even sure he's going to end up wrestling enough matches to qualify a spot in the Big Tens. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. an allocation. So he's gonna end up screwing somebody else because you know we're gonna he's gonna qualify, right? But yeah, I don't know exactly what the rules are for that or how many matches he needs. Maybe they've already done the math and figured if they sit him out, you know, they know how many, you know, they got enough to get him in to get that, you know, a guaranteed allocation. But you know, I will say this: look, we saw him in a walking boot last week, and if he's got a legit injury, great, sit out against uh, Illinois, sit out against Maryland sure. because you've got. You got some hammers coming up the next two weeks. I, that we they need, need him for. for. Look, if we want to win, because we know Snyder isn't going to be there for Iowa, we think he might be there for Penn State. But if you want to win both those duels, mm-hmm. you need Bo, Bo Jordan, and that 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 is what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. So Ben, you bring up a great point right there. Um, Ohio State, they've got two tough uh, two tough duels coming up over the next few weeks. They got Iowa next week. The week after that, they got Penn State. And this is what I'll tell you about Iowa. Look, I can't remember the last time Iowa lost two du- two duels in a row, and I definitely can't remember the last time they lost three duels in a row. And Ohio State has a chance to make that happen. It's going to be a great match. Now I'm that's it. That's in it. Carver. Though. It is in Carver. So, but can you imagine? Look, can you imagine in Carver, Bojo versus Alex Meyer? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great match. I mean, you got so many great matchups in that. One. And the nice thing is, though, you know, we know Stoll's out, right? So backup so, against backup. Yeah, it's backup against backup because we know Snyder's not going to be there. So the, the backup against backup might be the, might be the match of the night. Is Eureka next weekend? Is it is it actually next weekend? It's it, it's close enough to where we know he's not going to be there. Gotcha. He's only going to have like three days, bef- like from the end of Eureka to get home and wrestle Penn State. He better be there. For Penn yeah, State. he better be here. I'm going to have a stern talking to him. 
So Ohio State's got some big ones coming up. Um, ben and I are fortunate enough. We're going to be doing a little bit of work this week for the Ohio uh, Ohio State-Iowa duel with um, Land Grant. Is that what it is? Yeah, Land Grant Holy Land. Uh, Dan Vest, he's a writer for Land Grant Holy Land. I'm just lucky enough that I wrestled with him in high school, and he's now the writer, the wrestling writer, or one of the wrestling writers for Land Grant Holy Land, which is a big uh, Ohio State Buckeye blog. So he's going to be um, kind of doing a little preview. A little uh, Q&A with yeah, us. Yeah, a little Q&A with us. So we're going to put that down. And we'll tweet that out as soon as we get that. So I hope you guys read that as well. Um, absolutely. Ben and I are also looking to do a little Ohio State-Iowa preview this week. Hopefully we uh, find that posted somewhere out on the on the uh, the wide web this week. I'm, we'll sure, you... I'm sure we'll get it somewhere, yeah. Yeah, I'll let you know. We'll let you know through Twitter when that's out there. Um, a lot of good stuff coming up, man. I think I'm getting I'm – getting... I'm getting pumped for the way things are looking for wrestling right now. I tell you what, I'm this this tis the season. <laughs> no tis doubt. The season. You got anything else you want to talk about, brother? I, I got nothing else at this point, man. All right, listen, guys, thanks for tuning in to us this week. This has been episode number eight of The Inside Trip. Listen, hit us up on Twitter, at The Inside Trip One. We love to talk wrestling. As I said earlier, we've made such great contacts, meeting a lot of good people out there. You can follow Ben directly on Twitter, at Ball Law. That's B-A-W-L-A-W. I am on Twitter, at Brando413. If you want to send us an email, nobody sends us emails, but it's TheInsideTrip1 at gmail.com. Send us an email. Anybody. Yeah. The guy from Ireland. Send us. Hey, <laughs> Ireland guy, send me an email. Send us an email. With that said, we are out. Thanks for listening.